It's Monday, September 25th on the Sleepers Podcast. It's a new week, and is what is that? Is that pie? The pumpkin loaf. A pumpkin loaf. Yeah, happy fall. I've been talking to you for about 15 minutes before we click record on this, and you were just saving a pumpkin loaf? You are going to hide a pumpkin loaf from me? I was hiding a nice slice of pumpkin loaf. I also got a nice coffee next to me. Very fall this morning. Wow. Uh, I mean, really setting the tone. I appreciate it. Also love you got the Atlanta Olympics hat 1996 on. For some reason, that gives me Ryder Cup vibes, which is also this week. That's, I mean, pretty good sports week, honestly. Oh, man. I honestly, it totally slipped my... So the Ryder Cup, is that... Because it's in Europe this year, correct? Yeah, it's in Rome. So, like, are we waking up at 3 a.m. to watch JT and them? I don't know what time any of the tea times are in my head. It's been 9 a.m. my time, which is just inaccurate. So, uh, yes, I will be waking up to watch the Ryder Cup because I have to. We'll do a Ryder Cup segment at some point this week, I'm sure. But spoiler alert, it's Team Europe. <laughs> it's Team Europe, baby. This is our year. Uh, will, our, our year. <laughs> I will not be backing Justin Thomas. I just can't do it. And uh, unless Brooks Kepka was put on Team Europe like last minute, which I wouldn't rule out, by the way, like there's a chance he gets citizenship last second and uh, there's a little acquisition there. Then actually, no, if if Brooks was on Team Europe, it would be 100 percent Team Europe. I don't know what I'm saying. The only thing that makes me want to root Team USA is Brooks. And the, did, did the fact it. that Brooks got a mullet affect you at all? Uh, you know, that's just him trying to be like team camaraderie guy, which I appreciate because Brooks is normally not team camaraderie guy. So I appreciate him putting the extra effort in. It's like you bringing a pumpkin loaf to the episode. He, you know, he's trying to do his job. So, uh, but yeah, team Europe, I think they close it out like pretty quickly. We'll talk about it later this week. Uh, wild weekend, a lot of college football drama, uh, in multiple ways. Two of our segments today are going to be college football oriented. We're going to talk about coaches who keep calling everybody out and trying to have viral moments, which is hilarious to me. We're going to talk about Michigan state's performance and what do they do? Is there a controversy here? Is there not at a certain position of need? And then we are going to do college basketball at the end. I want to go through the big four teams in the country that everybody has in tier one and uh, talk about what goes wrong. Like if their season somehow falls off the rails the way North Carolina did last year, what would need to happen for those four teams? How does it happen? So uh, interesting episode today. Hopefully do you want to address the elephant in the room that we had a pretty bad betting weekend? Yeah, um, it's it's just I just making simple mistakes. Honestly, we we talked about I I bet the Lions money line yesterday, right? And it was at one sixty six. I was laying a little bit of juice on that. I wanted to get that to basically even odds. Like give me like plus one hundred four, and I'll go about my day. Going through the slate. Mm, okay, the Colts are playing at the Ravens. No Anthony Richardson. Maybe they eat, you know, I think the Ravens should be able to win one at home. Absolutely not. Funds depleted. Okay. Uh, Notre Dame decided to play with 10 players last two plays, giving up a third and 19. Funds depleted. Uh, I mean, Dan Lanning, you savage. <laughs> depleted. I mean, it, it was, it was tough, but let's not, let's, let's not overreact a little bit we had some wins in there okay washington state plus three please good good dub okay uh what else did we have uh washington minus 20 and a half good dub uh notre dame was actually a push 
So, you know, that hurts, but not a loss. And uh, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Yeah, I like the the positive spin on we'll be okay. I made a classic betting mistake where things were going so well. I had, I think, three consecutive winning weeks to start the season. Oh, oh sorry. Don't, I don't want to cut you off. Florida State minus two. Yeah. Oh. We we had a moment in that, by the way. We maybe a a, a Mount Rushmore sleepers moment there, where uh, things are looking a little bleak. We know we're sweating. We know we're in trouble. Clemson's in field goal range. They've already got a lead and the ball. And uh, you called it out word for word. You sent me the text that said it's Clubnik. He will make a mistake. And uh, about thirty seconds later, I responded as <laughs> trying to reverse jinx. Very clear. I want to be clear about that. This was not an honest text. It was trying to reverse jinx. I think I I called it out and was like, Card, I don't want to I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but he hasn't made a mistake all day. Boom, fumble, scoop and score. We're in this. FaceTime happened immediately, and uh, Florida State got the win. So we do still have the magic powers of together. Hashtag together. Maybe we didn't bet together enough this weekend. That might have been the problem. But no, my my personal issue was the the rookie mistake that I make every year at some point where things are going too well. I've won three straight weeks in a row. And I naturally decide that I like the slate more than I should. And instead of doing the typical like three to five games, I've got 11 plays. And uh, I almost I literally almost wrote a disclaimer in the newsletter saying anytime I do this, I have a losing week. (laughs) It's a crash and burn week. I didn't write it for positive vibes, but I feel like I lied to the newsletter. So uh, I will be on my A game. That's a promise. I will put my head down. I will research harder than I've ever researched this week. We're going to get the train back on the tracks. Uh, The season is young, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the season is young. And overall, we still have pretty good winning record on the season. Still still winning record. What what was your record this week? I am too afraid to go back and look. I think it's three and seven, but it might be two and eight or two and seven and one. It was bad. I was going to say, you for sure had Notre Dame and that's a push. I for sure had Florida State. Um, I for sure had Notre Dame. Washington State. I for sure had Washington State. So, but like everything else was a miss, man. Iowa plus 14, no chance. Colorado, no chance. Uh, It was rough. I'm I'm not going to lie. It was rough, but. We move. We're here. We're still breathing. There's pumpkin loafs on the episodes. I, I semi, I semi bounced back from my own four weekend. Yeah, you did. Semi, I mean, a oh. pivotal, pivotal moment for you, and you did. Yeah, huge. And my legacy play hit, and that's what really meant something. Because there was the masses were saying that you're going after big spreads. Who do you think you are? And I said, give me Washington minus twenty and a half. I am. So. The other the other thing we did was humble ourselves specific to our Detroit Lions. And we're not going to talk Lions today for a segment. We're going to do that on Thursday before they play the Packers on Thursday night football. Critical game. First place in the NFC North on the line. But uh, we I mean, we said it. We took the blame for week two. Everybody else wanted to blame certain players, blame injuries, blame ski mass. No, we looked the camera direct in the eyes and said, this is on us. I told I looked you in the eye. I said, you need to be better. You didn't even consider going to this game. What is that? Meanwhile, my wife's fleeing at halftime to go hang with family, thinking a seven point lead safe. No chance. We dialed it back. We dialed it in. Uh, my family wife credit to her. She gave a hundred out of a hundred performance. She was on the couch locked in this entire game. Didn't even think about leaving. And I knew you were in Ford field and that was enough for me. This is all I need. You tell me money line wasn't cashing when I got this pick at nine in the morning. 
I mean, I was ready. Come I was on. ready. I was ready. Uh, quick actual Lions thoughts. Again, not doing a whole segment, but quick thoughts. Uh, first off, is Jameer Gibbs good? I texted yes. you this and you're like, he's good. And then he had one big run after I texted it to you. Are you sure he's good? Yes. We're positive? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, he. I'm actually positive that he's good. The fact that, honestly, he had as good as the games he had yesterday was impressive because that was the worst offensive line performance I've seen from the Lions in a long time. Yeah. Like, even Panay Sewell was off uh, in that game. And it was honestly interesting because I was there watching the game with my dad. I kept looking over at it, and I'm like, you know, we're missing Decker, okay? And then Nelson gets hurt halfway through, like, the second quarter. Um, and he wasn't playing necessarily the best. He wasn't really getting much push in the run game. But we continually kind of started the run to the left side of the line, even when the, the third stringer was in there. And there was just no push, no holes. It seemed that Jameer was getting hit, honestly, as he got the ball handed off. If he had a little bit of a crease, he was honestly doing a good job of getting the yards and making the plays. He had a few big runs. Uh, there was one in particular where I thought his vision was off a little bit. It seemed like there was a hole to the left, like midway in the third quarter, he missed it. But then later in the game, he kind of saw it and got in a rhythm, I think. Um, and for all the people who said that B. John Robinson was going to outplay him, I mean, <laughs> come outside. And also Brian Branch, get him, get him a gold jacket. He's our next <laughs> Hall of Famer. Uh I was scared for Desmond Ritter's life, genuinely. And like, I, I don't mean that in a cocky sense, but like midway through the third quarter, I'm like, this guy's going to get someone killed. If it's not him, he's going to hang a receiver out there to oh, die. I mean, it, he did. He got at least four or five receivers and running backs murdered in that game. Yeah, I I don't want to like be disrespectful. I don't want to talk shit, but like I also don't want to watch my team literally murder a man. And that's what I felt like we were going to do at some point. Uh, the defense was stellar. It was incredible. Look, I, I feel like we've been pretty upfront about it. And some people call us delusional, but the Lions are a good football team. It is what it is. Like, I'm not going to come down from that. If they lose Thursday night against the Packers, we're going to have some explaining to do because I think the Packers are a bad football team. I know they came back in uh, 18-0 in the second half after Derek Carr conveniently went down, and they still needed a missed field goal to win that game. So I, I think it's a statement game opportunity. We'll preview it on Thursday. But uh, no matter what happens, like there isn't going to be a moment this year where you hear me say the Lions aren't a good football team. They could lose four straight, and I'll be like, no, they just need to figure this shit out. Right. And, and I think they will. I think they will. And we're in a good spot right yeah. now. Who and one, there's – Teams in our divisions, there's two teams in our divisions that have still yet to win a football game. Yuck. We're we're going on the week four. <laughs> That's disgusting. Take a deep look at yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm really liking where the team's at. Uh I'm very, I don't know. I'm just feels good to have a good football team. There's a lot of bad football teams. Like the Atlanta Falcons were two and oh. And yeah. the, the Atlanta Falcons are a bad football team, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I will, last thing I want to say before we move on, everything about the Falcons makes me want to be a Falcons fan. Like the jerseys are fire. The colors are fire. They kind of have weapons too. Like Drake London's good. Kyle Pitts is good. Bijan Robinson, good. Ah, ah. Are, are we sure Kyle Pitts is good? The other guys are good. Oh, Kyle Pitts should have had an 80-yard touchdown pass if Desmond Ritter was an ass. I feel like we've been hearing that for 27 consecutive weeks. Kyle Pitts should have had an 80-yard touchdown. At some point, just have the touchdown. Like Drake, I've seen Drake London have those weeks with bad quarterbacks in this system. Like I Bijan already has had some stout. Like, I don't think we've seen a Kyle Pitts star week. 
It's all oh. potential. Okay, understood. Uh, lastly, last last thing before we move on, I need a Sam Laporta. Laporta, I, I knew need, it. I, I need knew one. It. Give me something. Uh, okay, so Laporta looks fantastic. He has better mobility than I like. He's got some wheels. Like on that touchdown, I'm like, how the hell is he 40 yards downfield and no one's next to him? Like, I I just uh, I thought he was just like a hands guy. Like, yeah, he could he can catch. We know that and make contested catches. But I thought it'd be like all underneath stuff. Nah, like he's he's technically a, a receiver for us right now on a team that needs receivers while JMO's out. So uh, it's great to see him shining. He's great. He's tough. Like he, he's a run yards after contact guy, which is fantastic. And most importantly, he's not TJ Hawkinson and uh, TJ Hawkins. I don't know where that man got wired mentally to thinking that he should be the highest paid tight end in NFL history. But here he is on an Owen three football team after telling the world he'd never been in a spot where he could win football games. My friend, you got what you deserve. Okay. I see you dropping big time catches. I see you having your hands on a football in the end zone with a chance to win your team a football game. Looks like it didn't happen, sir. So while the Detroit Lions create some separation at the top of this division, sir, that you find yourself in, sir, I will be celebrating at your expense every step of the way. That's my Sam Laporta statement. And Sam Laporta doesn't jump in the air whenever he gets yards after catch. Crazy, crazy tactic. Don't hurdle over people and you won't get hurt. Le'Veon made it look so cool. Everybody just wants to be Le'Veon. It is what it is. Not that guy, pal. Not that guy. Uh, (laughs) We're we're all over the place this morning. I'm sorry. Travis Kelsey. I mean, if we're going to talk our tight end, can we talk the tight end real quick? You are in a Taylor Swift household. Like your household is a Swifty household. You attended a Taylor Swift concert. And the only text I got from you this year while you were at the concert was we might need to have a conversation. She is the one. So I consider you a Swifty. You can push back on me if you want to. I consider your household clearly a Swifty household. Taylor Swift was the story of NFL weekend. Travis Kelsey and her, a little date night afterwards, night out on the town, in the whatever you call it, the, the top back. Uh, what do you make of this? Do you like it? Do you hate it? What is it? It's just funny to me. It's it's literally, I tweeted it last night, like NFL is really tapping into a new demographic because I had my wife talking about, oh, uh, Taylor Swift's at the Chiefs game. Oh, we got to turn that on. Oh, uh, Isaac Rochelle. Isaac Cooch is playing for the Raiders. Oh, we got to watch the Sunday night game. Like we got to see if Isaac plays. And I'm just like, oh my god, you know. Honestly, I'm I'm not complaining at all. Anytime we're getting like, I want to throw on the Sunday night football game. Let's fire it up. Let's fire up the 4:25 game. Let's do it. I'm not going to complain. Um, but I will say this: it was the funniest part about it was that I'm watching like Adam Schefter all the big time like NFL reporters, beat writers, all of them. And all they're talking about is, oh, Taylor Swift's at the game. Oh, looks like Travis Kelsey found himself in a blank space, like just making all these Taylor Swift. Like we had Scott Hansen out here making Taylor Swift puns on red zone. I mean, it, it completely took over everything about it. Adam Schefter actually tweeted, who would watch this game if it had a live feed of just Taylor in the box? And I was like, oh, my word, what is going on here? But, uh, yeah, Jared Goff has as many rushing touchdowns as Justin Fields this season. I knew you were going to get that in at some point. Uh, Shout out Vanilla Vic. Brittany Mahomes has to be sick at this development. I don't know oh, where okay. she was. She she did not get a shot in the booth yesterday. 
Uh, I like it for the record. I'm not a Taylor Swift guy. Uh, appreciate respect her music, but uh, I like this. I like it. I am intrigued. I would watch a Taylor Swift feed. I like it for my guy, Travis Kelsey. I am very much a Travis Kelsey guy. I am a proponent of drafting him in the first round of every fantasy draft you're in. Uh, he's the guy. He's also the guy. Like some people get like the yips when they got a girlfriend and they're playing a sport. You know, Kelsey's not that. Kelsey's the guy that's like gonna get three touchdowns if she's in the gym. I was just gonna say, big takeaway of this is that Kelsey showed up. Yeah, like he's him. Like he had yeah. seven for a hundo and a tug. Yeah, he knew that that the tings were in the stands. Like yeah. that. That's a big time play. They talk about Jordan Poole games when the baddies are on the sideline. You don't want to see Travis Kelsey when he's got tings in the box. All right. No, and I, I I know females will push back on me for this, but I don't care. I'm willing to say I think that Travis Kelsey is holding his own in this relationship right now. Okay, like I understand Taylor Swift is Taylor. She's the GOAT. She's the biggest celebrity there is. He might be the only man on the planet that could be situation shipping Taylor Swift and holding his own like he is. He's doing his thing. He's not going to duck. He's not like the Robin to the Batman in this relationship. They're one and one. And it's fantastic. Uh, also. Okay, I'm going to save it because we might do a wives episode at some point. And if so, like we're going to give them three topics. One of them is going to be Taylor because my you don't want to hear my wife's take on Taylor Swift. But a uh, little hypocritical much, you know, they write the whole little song about like, I'll do things bigger in my life than date the boy on the football team. And now here you are dating the boy on the football team at the peak of your career. Really? Like, that's what we're I mean, doing. All the great, all the great musicians and artists lie. That's true. That's very true. Honestly, there was way too much truth going on with Taylor. She actually might have like cemented herself up there by actually contradicting her own lyrics. Yeah, I think you're right. That actually just flipped it in my mind. All right, we support it. Sleepers officially support the Swift-Kelsey relationship. Uh, Taylor Kelsey would be a fantastic name, by the way. I can just see it now in the bright lights. All right, let's get to... Uh, we haven't even done any comments yet. You got a comment of the day? Uh, I do have one. Sorry, let me pull it up here very quickly. Um, so this was actually on our video about the more combined wins with like Michigan football, basketball. And John Lee said, why don't you just use the sum of the winning percentage that standardizes the schedule size? It's math beyond simple addition, but division shouldn't be that difficult. Jonathan, we're not a math podcast. Okay. We're going straight up here. I, I appreciate you trying to standardize, standardize the winning percentages and whatnot, but we're not a math podcast. And I got plus eight locked in, right, G? Yeah. Yep. So I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. You speak for us on that. I have no additional commentary. Uh, we should probably print the hashtag not a math podcast shirts at some point, by the way. That would go pretty stupid. I would wear a not a math pod shirt. Do you think you're better at math than me? Like if we had like a math competition episode, do you think you're beating me? I think it depends on the type of math, honestly. Like, just like, do you know what PEMDAS stands for? Uh, I would remember if I like took 20 minutes to think of it. That's but crazy. Off the top of my head, no. I don't know what PEMDAS is off the top of your head. If you, if, again, if you gave me 20 minutes, I would get there. I would get to the outcome right off the top of my head right now. No. Okay. Then I'm cooking you. We'll see. I mean, if we're, I think if we were doing simple add, subtract, multiply, divide, I like my chances against you. Now, if we're talking like shapes involved and we're getting fancy math, uh, I, I pretty much turned off my brain to all of those types of math for the final two years of high school so oh so like obtuse angles acute angles none of that i mean i i know what those are okay yeah but 
again, I, I like I was very much I was self-aware enough to know I'm not ever going to use any of this. And I just I don't know. I didn't I was a pretty bad student. I didn't choose to apply myself in many positions. Okay. We might, we might have to have a math episode one day or math segment. Like I was Xavier Booker as a math student. Like I had a lot of tools, but I uh, there were there were motor concerns big time when it came to the math class for me. Uh, Educational motor concerns. Big time. Let's get to the comment section. Uh, Another great weekend in the discord. Shout out to everybody in the discord. Um, Just like discussion every single day. I feel like we're one little family in there right now. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm going to be a little selective today. Normally we read every single one and discord can call me out on this if they're mad. And if I miss anything important, but we just spent like 20 minutes talking about nothing. And <laughs> we, we said we would stop in 45 minutes. So we're going to fly through this so we can get to our topics. Uh, starting with Coy today, he says, this might be lame. So feel free to skip this one. Who is the next big time coach to retire and who fills their shoes? So I took this question as, I think the next big coach to retire is going to be himself just because of obviously his longevity, the health concerns that are starting to come up, I think are, you know, I, I feel like that changes the timeline of his coaching career a little bit. Um, and now I don't want all the Kansas fans coming at me and, you know, being like, that's a stupid choice. This is, this is a hypothetical in my head that I think will be a little bit chaotic and fun. And I thought it'd be Jerome Tang taking over at Kansas coming from Kansas State. <laughs> it would be it'd be it'd be fun. It'd be fun to me. It'd be chaotic. That first game back in Manhattan, Kansas at Kansas State with Jerome Tang heading up Kansas would be hilarious. Now I know Kansas fans are probably gonna be in the comments saying, oh no, we're gonna hire a Kansas guy. Like maybe Norm Roberts is the guy who actually takes over full time for self. I don't know. I want the violence. I want the chaos. So I said Jerome Tang taking over for self. That's a dirty hypothetical by you, but I love it. Um, I For some reason, I don't think Bill Self, like I know there's health concerns. I I don't know. Like I, if Bill was going to leave, I think he would have left after the Natty two seasons ago. The fact that he didn't then when there was already some behind the scenes health stuff kind of makes me think he's got some like, no, I want to be the greatest ever and I'm never leaving vibes to him uh i i kind of view him and Izzo as like i'm never going to speculate that they're going to retire until they do the two i do think uh will choose willingly to leave sooner rather than later mark few john calperry mm-hmm. i think i think both of those guys are under i would take the under on five years left in college coaching who do you have as their replacements no idea tommy lloyd back to gonzaga uh, yeah, I'm just ignoring half of Coy's question here. Tommy Lloyd would obviously be top of Gonzaga's list. Kentucky, I don't know, man. Like they obviously go after like best name available, like Tang, Tang everywhere. Probably Tang, but also like uh, we got to see it with Tang. Like you and I are Tang guys. We absolutely love him. I'm highly confident he would be the guy I hire. But like three years from now, Tang might not be the hot hire the way he is right now in this moment. How about a little bit of SEC chaos and violence? Like, what if we get, like, must to Kentucky? Honestly, I could see that. And that would be insufferable. <laughs> really, it truly would. That would be that'd be cinema, though. Yeah, it would. Uh, Tristan, this was back on Friday. He says, guess for the word of the day, pessimistically. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I forgot what the word of the day was on Friday. Yeah, I just forgot to ask it at the end. I made a note specifically to ask at the end of this episode, though. So you do have a word of the day in rotation mm-hmm. today? Okay. Yes. 
Good to know. Basketball Jones has got to say, I'm a little sad we didn't get a Big Ten West segment this week. Uh, your comments on the worst division in college sports history. They are so bad. They are so bad. Like laughably bad. Yeah, I don't know what you do with it anymore. It's it's unfair to the teams in the other division, is my opinion. Yeah. Like, the, the other teams in the division have to think that too, right? I'm sure they know. They, yeah. they, they got to be like, there's no way. Like, why couldn't we be over there? Yeah, it's frustrating. I don't know. At least realignment's coming. The, the one pro of <laughs> collegiate conference realignment. Here we go. I don't even know if they need to realign that. They need to just abolish that. <laughs> Ryan the Lion says top five to ten biggest college basketball bad guys of all time. And then in uh, quotes or ex- parentheses, whatever you call it, he says Leitner, Grayson Allen, etc. Hmm, top five bad guys. You know, I I, I don't want to make this like a Michigan Michigan State thing, and but I'm going to right now. I do have like a couple of just like Michigan bad guys that just like always just rub me the wrong way. Number one's probably Iggy. Nothing there was nothing worse than Iggy. The snake tattoo, the handsome Squidward face, the Slovenian like everything about it just irked me. The the money sign when he hit threes and he was tough too. Though. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like he was a bucket. Uh, Mo Wagner, of course, just absolutely just annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, Zach Novak. I just like a lot of, a lot so, of white <laughs> players. Honestly, it used to be Stu Douglas before we actually got the no Stu. The only, I think only one and a half of those should qualify as like, across the country bad guys i think mo wagner was a bad guy he was a villain he liked to play the villain role that's fine uh iggy iggy was just a wannabe bad guy like he i don't know he was just like a clown more than he was a bad guy like he wasn't entering the game to be a villain he was just you knew he was gonna do something lame every time he made a three um my my flip on you would be i think the bad guy michigan state is draymond yeah and he's he's obviously a good player and uh but like i think he did a lot of bad guy stuff Oh, yeah, back in the day. 100%. Was Will Sheehy a bad guy? In my heart, it was, absolutely. I was on, uh, back again, back in my Izzone days, uh, he was the one player I probably crossed the line with. I would like, it was my mission. If I, if we were playing Indiana in my four years, it was my mission to make sure Will Sheehy went home miserable, like second-guessing everything he's ever done in his life. You want to know the Big Ten most slept on bad guy that no that I, that I think people would actually put in the good guy category? Who? Vic Law. <laughs> That's crazy. Vic Law. If I was in the is on student section, that would be the guy that I would want to borderline be kicked out over. Aaron Kraft, another one. Um, yeah, I mean, you hate him personally, but I think he qualifies. He was good though. I uh, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously Mulcahy. Jamal Mulvaney, our favorite, uh, the nut shots. Brad Davison has to be on the list, friend of the sleepers. He, which, by the way, of every player we have ever talked to in person, Brad is the kindest, <laughs> like without question, which Brad, is still really hard. Brad literally swear. was the nicest person, kindest person, sought us out at media day. Like literally, point. this is back when sleepers was our first event. We were just walking around like little wide-eyed deer or whatever the phrase is and brad came and found us and was like my boys he's incredible incredible i yeah we we will always love brad davison which is kind of crazy to square up with the person he was on the court 
Uh, and yeah, the I mean, Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy has to be on this list. Oh, yeah. He's he was. I'm sorry. He was the worst. Can we all just admit that now? Please, he's I mean, a good player, but that guy was the worst. Like it was so Drew annoying Timmy. to have to watch him all these years. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Malik Perry. Uh, I think Ulamog called him the MVP of the Discord over the weekend, or at least of the week. Um, I would agree with that sentiment. By the way, Malik Perry has been just all over with some Michigan State commentary with some Big Ten basketball talk in general. But he says to Carter, "I didn't mean to get or go at you, but Greg, you wanted so badly for Hogard or Walker to leave so Aikens could get the ball in his hands more. But I think Aikens can average ten or more points this year." Um, first of all, <laughs> hilarious to phrase that like Carter didn't mean to go at you, but Greg like, <laughs> definitely meant to come Greg on the me. other hand. I got something to say. Uh, yeah, like for lack of a better word, Malik, come on. No shit. He can average 10 points. Jay Nagins can average point one more points a game. You think like I just I we had a lot of Aikens dialogue on this podcast Friday and in the discord over the last week. Um, I just think there's a like there's a huge gap between like this breakout supers. Like someone said he's Terrence Shannon in our Discord. Like there's a massive gap in production and abilities there. <laughs> Am I crazy on that? I just I don't get what we're doing. He's the he's a good third option. That's what he is. And like again, it's okay to call it that. We don't have to like gas up more than that. Yeah, he is. I mean, he, he is, but I will say this. When I was looking at it a little bit more closely, like going like actual game log stuff, um, actually kind of a fun exercise. So you think like Hogard, Walker and Aikens last year weren't like playing 30 minutes a game. Uh, and they actually all of them were uh, average that on the whole season. And especially down the stretch, like once Big Ten play hit, Aikens numbers were crazy. Um, so I think you said it's not possible for him to average like 15 points. Did, did you actually say that? Or did Malik say that? I don't believe it's possible to get to 15. Uh, okay. Malik's comment we just read was he thinks it's possible. He gets to 10. And again, my answer is no shit. Like I would hope your third best player gets to 10. He's going to get some. I, I think, shots. I think that Jaden actually gets to 14, 15 this season. I'm not going to say it's impossible. Like I compared it to this yesterday. The the leap is Luther head. Like the only guy I can think of who was like a third option next to two guys who are clearly better players was when Luther head went from a 10, a game guy to a 15, a game guy. That was coincidentally the year. Illinois was awesome. And D Brown and Darren Williams were right behind him scoring like 12 a game. Like in order, uh, it, the thing is if Aikens gets to 15, Tyson's not scoring 15. Right. No, no so team it's, has it's, 15. It's, it's like, I guess it's kind of like, what would you rather have? And to be honest with you, it doesn't necessarily matter to me. Like, if if Tyson's getting 17 and Jaden's getting 12, that's fine. If Tyson's getting whatever it is, I just hope it's a lot of points. I hope it gets to, yeah. basically, they got to hit a certain amount of points. How that comes, whether I want to get to 25 and 5 of it comes from Jaden and 20 comes from Tyson, I don't care. Just get to that 25 points. It's about roster build, too. Like, this isn't. It's not disrespecting Jaden Akins to be realistic about his role on this team. Like, that's all I've been doing since the summer when I was speculating maybe he wants to leave. Because if he was serious about going to the NBA, I do think. Like, he just signed up for another year of what's not going to help him get to the NBA. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, as a fan, you love that. He's unselfish. He wants to come back. He wants to help this team win a national championship. He's one of the best third options in the country. But, like... 
if they were on a team where Hogard didn't exist, and I guess we could talk about the front court options, but those are more unproven. But like, they're not going to have two guys that aren't AJ Hogard score fifteen a game. That's not how this works. Like it's it like it just isn't. AJ Hogard's gonna score. He's gonna get to ten on his own, and he's gonna have the ball in his hands every possession. And I know he's a pass first guy, but like. There's other options, and that's fine. And the most realistic one on paper is is pretty much what happened last year. Like, Tyson's going to be 15, 16 a game. Jaden Akins will probably crack 10. Hogard's probably going to be 10 to 12. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. We just, I like, it, you're, you're setting yourself up for so much disappointment if you think all these guys are going to score 15 a game. That doesn't happen. I, bet that, I like that crack 10 remark. Cracked it last year. He didn't crack it. He scored 9.9 points a game last year. Is that 10? I forgot. Yep. Round agenda round. Though. I love I love it. I'll never ever strike back on that. Happy birthday to AJ Hogard, by the way. Happy birthday, Watt. We love you. Birthday Watt himself. Happy uh, birthday, Whopper. I hope you have a very great tasting glizzy today, AJ. I'm sure. Happy get busy day, birthday. twin. <laughs> Tristan. Put the the picture that went a little mini viral of Zach Eady. He's holding up the two Big Ten rings. Uh, how do we feel about this? Picks cold. He looks great. Yeah, why is everyone hating on that picture? It seems like people outside the Big Ten are really clowning this because, you know, no rings from anything outside of the Big Ten. Okay, like, sweet. If San Diego State posted one of Darion Trammell with his Final Four participation ring, it's probably getting 90 million impressions from the West Coast. Are you a big, like, like? did you ever receive rings from any of your stuff? Like, I I guess I don't know, like, I don't, I don't mean this disrespectfully, genuinely. I don't know if you, like, had championships won at certain spots that would warrant a ring, but if you did. In, in, in high school, I did. You guys, you guys won one chip? Yeah, won a state championship. Okay, so you you got a ring from that, I assume. Mm-hmm. Were you a guy that wore that in public? Uh, I mean, I guess in high school for like special events, like if it was like a, a like a special dinner or something like that. You but like you're 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 pulling up to a high school football game. Are you throwing the shades on that Zach Eady's got and putting the ring on and flashing for pictures? Uh, don't ever disrespect me. I'm not pulling up to the. I'm playing in that high school football <laughs> game. All right. Three, three, three sport athlete cart. Don't sleep. All right. All four years of high school. What so was the third track? <laughs> what, what's going on here? I forgot we talked about this before. I forgot. Field is what I was told. I was, I was on the track and field team and I was a part of the field events. Yes. You you played field. <laughs> is that how you I appreciate sure I did track and field and I was part of the field division. It was fo- three sport athlete, football, basketball, field. Yes. There you go. Football. Uh actually it's funny. My dad probably wears my high school championship ring more than me. See, I love that move from Luther. I uh Two things. I think Edie looks great in this picture. He looks cold. I'm doubling down on my national player of the year tickets. Now that I see it, he looks nasty. Uh, I don't love the concept of wearing your rings. I don't think you should be wearing 
rings in public, even if it's a national championship ring. I think sports rings belong on a shelf in a cabinet. If you wanted to, you could make it a necklace, and I would think that's semi-cold. But yeah, rocking the two rings for like a photo op, I don't love that move. I don't hold it against him because he looks cold. If he didn't look cold, like if Zach Eady looked like freshman Eady did when he walked into Purdue while trying to do that, this would be an all-time clown the picture moment. But uh, he's had a glow up. He's had a nice glow up. So he gets to do it. Yeah. If he had like two, there's like a Zach Eady Finsta out there somewhere. And there's a picture of him. He's got him on both middle fingers and he's just throwing him up. That is the one thing I wanted to say. So you could convince me body language expert here. Let me go body language, PhD investigator mode here. You could convince me what Edie did here with the fact that he's like clearly like flagging it for a picture. Like somebody, he knew there was a camera and he's kind of like, look at my hand right now. I got one big 10 ring on the pointer finger. I got one big 10 ring on the ring finger. You know, what's coincidentally not there, Carter. There is no ring on his middle finger, which is him signaling to the country. That's a fuck you. We heard the talk. That's, that's a fuck F-U, you. That's an F you ring that I got to get. That's a fuck you. And I'm on my fuck you. I'm getting that ring this year. And next year when I'm back at the Purdue game, I'm doing the same thing. But there's a big one on the middle. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> that's what I, when I saw the pick, that's the first thing I thought of. And I'm, I'm already heavily invested in Purdue futures. I'm doubling down. I feel good. Uh, Tristan, let's let's fly through these last ones. Tristan says, in honor of Zach Wilson, which Big Ten player in the last few years kept getting playing time, and you couldn't explain why? Ethan Morton. Yeah, that's probably a good one. Um, trying to think of somebody outside of that on other teams, but... Maybe Maddie Sissoko. Yeah, I would like... I feel like we've had frustration. But like, I, Jace Howard should never be playing, but I can explain why he's playing there. My body's playing too. D Rose SAT said race Thompson last year. I'm not, we're moving quickly. I'll talk about race Thompson in another segment. Uh, okay. Ulama, this was what he said last night. He said, Discord member of the week goes to the distinguished Malik Perry for one, defending Trey Holloman and two, misquoting Greg, an elite conversation starter and driver of engagement. If you're not in the Discord, you're missing out. That's a great plug for the Discord from Ulamog. First of all, you maybe we should make Ulamog's Discord member of the week a thing. So Ulamog, that's on you from now on. Just please in the Discord, put your Discord member of the week and we'll call him out on the show. Uh, he did misquote me, though. Malik came back in and said he didn't misquote me. But like, can I get a, an objective ruling here, Carl? I think he misquoted me. He did misquote you. And uh, as much as I love Malik and that he is Discord member of the week, I want to I kind of want to fight Malik. <laughs> I don't want to just want to go 30 seconds with Malik, uh, just fight him real quick and shake hands afterwards and go go back up on an arm merry ways. That would be another good thing we could do reoccurringly is uh member I want to fight of the week. Carter's gonna fight a Discord member once a week. Incredible stuff. Uh Derek love love DMAC. He says Thomas Kithier minutes were always a head scratcher. I would semi agree with that one. Um Michigan just or Michigan State, I'm sorry, has had some iffy big men rotations in the last few years. Um especially with Clarkston children. Yeah, and then uh, uh, you and Malik just went back and forth. I don't feel like reading your comments, but uh, I think it's safe to say you and Malik are not on the same page, which is why you are proposing a fight. Yes, but it's good we're not on the same page. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's good. It's a good thing. All right, thank you as always to the Discord. If you want to join the Sleepers community, you can do so. Uh, Link in the description of all these videos. And again, I've said this before, but I have like visual conversation from a friend who tried to join over the weekend now. Uh, It appears there have been some issues trying to join on mobile. 
like it just times out or it asks you to pay more than the actual set price. Cannot say this enough. Don't join on mobile. If you have a laptop, a computer, anything like that, uh, an iPad, tablet, whatever, join on that. And then as soon as you join, you can download the app on your phone. There are no issues when you join on a laptop. It's $9.99 a month. It's the best way you can do to support us. Uh, and yeah, I'm sorry there's issues because I, I don't know why Discord makes it clunky to sign up from a phone, but uh, that's how you join. Hit me up if you have any issues. We got to get those 90 people. There's like 95 people who have actually signed up to join, but just haven't basically paid what you need to do to actually join. I'm coming after you, 95. Like, I, I need you. I'm let saying it, I let, personally let, need you. Let us know because we're transparent with y'all. Y'all need to be transparent with us. Like, let us know why you haven't or why you're just lurking in the shadows. Come yeah. join us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need it. I And when I need something, I, it's kind of a one-track thing. Like, I'm, I'm a little – when I need something, I, I, I do everything to get it. Okay. This, this <laughs> is a pro-consent podcast, but we can move on. <laughs> all right let's start with uh college football coaches being incredibly petty that was one of my fun takeaways from this past weekend we had a lot of coaching drama uh starting with i think the big one was dan lanning going viral now we are both huge Deion sanders guys we have talked about it endlessly on the show we will continue to talk about it endlessly on the show and call it, what it is the buffs got stomped Dion called it what it is like that was a non-competitive football game. That game was over from the second drive of the game on Oregon ran a fake punt up 13 early and it just sucked the soul that was left out of Colorado. And it, it wasn't just that though. It wasn't just like, Oh, the motivational stuff. Like there, there's a talent gap here. Clearly the trenches were dominated by Oregon. That's a great football team against a fun little football team. Or as Dan Lanning called it before the game, that's a team that's there for clicks versus a team that's there for wins. The game was played on the grass, not in Hollywood. Incredible moment from Lanning. Uh, I had not known much about Dan Lanning prior to this, but I want to play for that dude. I'm sick. I didn't come up with that quote myself when I coached high school basketball. Uh, are you are you sad? Because you're a Dion guy. Like, Are you bummed at this development? Do you respect the Lanning move? What do you make of it? Oh, well, first off, I respect the landing move 1 million percent. Everything that Lanning did in that football game, I thought he should have did. And it's just, I guess it's funny to me uh, in two ways. One, all the folks that hate Dion, they had the best Saturday of all time. I mean, they were just relishing in the fact that Dion got stopped. Um, before they reviewed the film of storming the Capitol, they were able to watch that as well. Probably their second favorite video they've seen this year. So that's great for them. Uh, but I think everything about it to me was just, it was good. Like Dan Lanning, like talking his shit, telling it, telling everybody to watch this, we're going to do this and actually going out there and doing it. Big advocate of talking to talk and then walking the walk. Big advocate of Dion after the game being like, Hey, he 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 did he did his thing. That's what he should do. They whooped our ass. He also ended it with a "You better get me now" because this is the worst I'm gonna be, which is a hundred percent a bar. By the way, just let that be known. Uh, but the one reservation I have, or one thing that irks me a little bit, is okay. You were favored by twenty one points. Okay, let's not act like you just you know, went out there and beat a juggernaut like 
you're a good football team, respect to it, but you did what you're supposed to do at home. And like, I get it goes both ways because everyone was picking Colorado and Colorado money line and Colorado spread and all that. So I respect that, but there's a little bit of peace in me that's like, yeah, people were getting on Dion for doing stuff when he didn't cover against Colorado State or all this stuff. And then this team's basically taken multiple victory laps after beating their ass and covering a spread that was as wide as 21. And also Bo Nix played against Justin Herbert his freshman year. Justin Herbert's going into year four in the NFL for those counting. Yeah, so I don't like that flip by you. Uh, I like I get where you're coming from. I don't love it. I I 100% out of 100 loved everything Dan Lanning did this week. And I I say that as a guy who bet Colorado, wanted Colorado to win that game, and I'm still the biggest Deion Sanders guy. Like I I loved his post-game press conference more this week than I've loved it in the past weeks. Like I highly recommend you listen to it in its entirety. Not only did he have the you better get me now, he also had uh like somebody was like, Is this good for your team? Like, could this be could this be a good thing? And he like immediately shrugged it off and was just like, Is a car crash good? Like, you don't gotta learn from the loss. Like, that's something that happened. And we'll be ready. Made no, but like that's it's not a good thing. It's not so. Oh, I'm happy I was in a car crash. That's a, and I love that. I'm like, oh shit. I'm because a lot of coaches bullshit. It's like, oh, this will help us. Like, no, no, it won't. You got smacked. It is what it is. And uh, I, I think, I think Lanning was smart because like he said it's a Cinderella story. Like that's what the whole speech started with was like the Cinderella story is over. Like. I think he knew they were supposed to win by 21. He said, you know what? Let's go win by 41 <laughs> instead of 21. And it, it has to be annoying for these other good football teams because we've talked about it briefly. Like the Pac-12 might be the best football conference in the country this year. And that's that's crazy to say out loud. They it's are. crazy. It's crazy to say. But UCLA, in my opinion, is really good. Utah's really good. Washington's awesome and has the Heisman candidate leader, the second Heisman candidate leader at USC. Like there's a, a thousand Washington good teams. State, Washington State, State, Oregon, or every team in this conference is good. And I don't know where it came from because I, I felt like last year most of these teams were bad outside of USC. But the point is, like, it's gotta be frustrating to be all those other teams. Like it's it's gotta be frustrating to be Caleb Williams and be the Heisman reigning champion in your back and nobody's talking about you. They're talking about probably the eighth best team in your conference. Like uh, well, also because to, to start the season, USC has played Nevada, San Jose Technical State, ITT, Ivy Tech. Like that's that's the reason. I was gonna start ramping up a little bit. I agree, but it's at the same time. Uh, I forgot who it was. It was a, a national reporter. It might have been Pete Thamel. Um, and he was basically commenting on how everyone is basically like saying, oh, this is who Dion's team is. Like all the hype, the Cinderella's dead, all this nonsense, whatever you want to call it. Dion's team came into this season. The Vegas win total was like two and a half. All right. Yeah. So there's a, a world. Success. Yeah, there's a, there's a world where this team wins five or six games and it's a successful season for them. And Dion's right. Get him while, get him while he's down. This is the worst he will be. This, this team is the worst team he'll have if he stays at Colorado beyond this season. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's all good. Love Dan Lanning though. I want that to be the main takeaway from all this, like everything Dan Lanning did the halftime, the halftime ESPN speech saying we're this isn't over. Like we're about to run it up basically the pregame, postgame, all that. Really respect it. Can I make fun of Michigan fans quickly? Please don't. Actually don't? 
they, well, I don't, they've been blowing up my mentions, man. Yeah, I mean, rough year, Michigan football fans uh, all over you and me to an extent. But so here, uh, it, it, <laughs> I just tweeted, man. I, it was clearly a joke, but this is during all the Oregon stuff. It was after the halftime speech when he ran off and was like, I, I don't even remember what he said at the on-field halftime speech, but he was basically like, we ain't done shit yet. There's a lot more we got to do. Um, I, I tweeted out, was like, what's Dan Lanning making and what's his buyout? That's a clear, like, Hey, Michigan State would love if this guy was at the top of the list. That's not me seriously saying Lanning would have interest in the Michigan State job. That's me making a joke as a football fan of a program who has a vacancy at a head coaching spot. And there's all this discussion about who they should consider hiring. And I've been adamant all week. They should be after big names. That's me saying I love Dan Lanning. That's all that comment means. And within five seconds, Cart, I had five different tweet responses from Michigan football fans and a text personally, I'm going to call him out from Chad Cutler. Who's a guy I love talking football with. That's just along the lines of word for word from Chad's text, you know, leaving Oregon for Michigan is a downgrade, right? Shut up. Okay. <laughs> like just shut up. How stupid do you guys have to be? Can I have one minute to breathe? All I'm saying is I like Dan Lanning. I'm not saying he's going to run through a wall to get to East Lansing right now when he's busting Deion Sanders ass, like just step back for a second. Not everything is about how shitty the Michigan state program is like our life sucks right now. Let it suck for us. Okay. I can make my little jokes and talk about other people I like without bringing it all back to the rivalry that you hate. Like take your little victory lap, focus your intent on the fact that your football team's second in the country and hasn't covered against anyone yet. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Fire it up. It needs to be said. I'm just annoyed, man. So annoying. Uh, beyond that, though, speaking of annoying, your guy, Ryan Day, the guy who I said would be at the top of my list for Michigan State, uh, makes a big, big moment after the win against Notre Dame. Huge win. Let's not minimize that. Huge win on the road in South Bend. You get the win. Uh, an ugly game. If you would have told me that Ohio State would only score however many points they score, was it 17, 16? I would have said no chance do they win this football game, but the defense stepped up, really made it hard on Sam Hartman. Uh, and then Ryan Day took his little moment to himself to call out Lou Holtz. And uh, look, if you didn't see it, Lou Holtz was on game day. No shit, they're going to bring in Lou Holtz for game day. And Lou Holtz played the Notre Dame character, the 90-year-old Notre Dame fan who is going to say why Notre Dame is going to win this game. And he said, Ohio State's been soft. They don't show up against big teams. That's essentially what he said. And uh, Ryan Day took that very personal and called out Lou Holtz, said that no one will ever say that again. We had one bad half in the last three years, and uh, that's not who Ohio is. It's Ohio against the world. Did you like or hate Ryan Day's comments? I thought it was I just thought it was funny. Like that, that that's really what I thought about it. I didn't love it. I didn't like hate it. I just thought it was like hilarious that after this big win, because it's honestly, it's something I probably would do. Okay, you're not too old to dodge slander. Okay, Lou Holtz. I don't care if you are 90. If you're gonna talk it, you're gonna get it back. Like that's what I was. If someone said, let's say, I don't know who's the old. Let's say Lou Holtz said something about sleepers, and sleepers made it. I'm coming on the episode and saying, Lou Holtz, come outside. Like grab your walker. You got to see me. Okay, that's 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 part of it. It's just funny to me. I tweeted the tweet that got my a lot of traction over the weekend is that I literally said this interview is hilarious. Don't get me wrong, but I thought it was funny 
that because it's Ryan Day, all the Michigan fans are like, oh, my God, like this this dude's talking shit about Lou Holtz. He has this huge chip on his shoulder, like it's Ohio versus everybody. You have all this talent, da-da-da. I was like, if the shoe was on the other foot, if this was Harbaugh that said this in a post-game interview, they would have it as their pin tweet. They would go, oh, my God, Michigan versus everybody, big house versus everybody, all this, all this other, like, phrases and things like that. And my mentions got tore to shreds saying that, this is a stupid to say uh, your coach beats off on zoom, like all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I literally just made a statement. I said, it was funny. I didn't, was, there was people calling me on Ohio state fan. I was like, golly, y'all are really triggered by this. It's crazy to me. I couldn't, I, that couldn't be me. Michigan football fans are on edge. That's my takeaway. Like they're mad at my tweet about Dan Lanning, which had nothing to do with them. And it, honestly, in my opinion, Ryan Day's comments had nothing to do with Michigan. They like, literally I, I, had nothing. I know he's he called out. He picked out the one little like we had one bad half. He didn't call out Michigan by name. And honestly, that's an accurate assessment of Ohio State football. They had one really bad half where they were soft in the last two decades, like or last two years. But I mean, man, we we did some Ryan Day, like our basketball group text was all over Ryan Day and it got pretty ferocious with some arguments on if he's a good football coach or not. I still will never understand why people think this guy can't coach. Like, I know he interpreted or he inherited one of the strongest programs in the country. You're supposed to be good at Ohio State, but we've seen other guys that aren't Urban Meyer come in and not be good at Ohio State. And this man's lost six Big Ten games in what, seven years like the guy's a killer or his teams are killers at least and other than the last two years when they can't beat Michigan, but Ryan day still has a winning record against Michigan. So uh, let's just slow down here. It's going to be a toss up game this year. Uh, I didn't mind his comments. I don't really get why everybody's so up in arms about them. I thought it was a little like, like he didn't look cool saying them. And I think that's the large issue with Ryan day in general is he doesn't look cool. There's some coaches where no matter what you do, like you just have this this vibe and this aura about you of like there's something special about him. Ryan Day doesn't have that. Like he just is a goober, for lack of a better word. He's lame. And him trying to do the chip on the shoulder thing just doesn't work because it doesn't play with who he is as a human. But I didn't mind the comments. Yeah. And who doesn't like generating the fake chip? Yeah. That's... Get your competitive get your competitive advantage. And the thing about it is the last thing, this is what kind of makes Ryan Day a goober, I think. I think it's because his beard looks fake. Like, you know how Carlos Boozer did, like, the spray-on hair type thing, that meme? Yeah. I think that Ryan Day's beard's fake. I think you could be right. I'd like to formally investigate that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Ohio State fans don't seem upset with the comments. I think that's all that matters here. And I think Michigan fans should stop taking everything so personal. I don't right. like, I don't think uh, this had anything to do with it. Ohio State went on the road to one of the best teams in the country and got a win and Michigan fans are upset because Ohio State fans are talking their shit? Should they not be? Yeah, I, I don't see any connection there. Um, they not? I mean, you guys are talking your shit because, you know, J.J. McCarthy is tearing up Rutgers. Like, was anybody talking shit at that, though? <laughs> like, huh? Was anybody on the Michigan side talking shit after that game, though? Uh, well, actually, I, uh, at least the ones I saw, yeah. Okay. I mean, look, there's a lot of clueless people in college football, especially in the state of Michigan in general. But I feel like the general aura I feel like is most Michigan fans are like, yeah, we, we haven't been great thus far, but it doesn't matter. Like they haven't, they haven't covered. I haven't seen a lot of like, we're great. JJ has been awesome. I've seen like, eh. 
He threw three picks last week. I've seen like, a lot of JJ needs to come save the Bears tweets. That's crazy. Um, I feel like I had one other thing on. Uh, oh, oh the, was was it that Donovan Edwards said that he's going to be Barry Sanders this year and has looked like Nick Sanders? No, it was that Washington State's head coach also called out an old person. <laughs> and I'm wondering. Oh, I missed. I missed that. You haven't seen this. So after oh. Washington State beat Oregon State, uh, Jake Dickert, who is Washington State's head coach, came on and uh, basically said he felt super disrespected that Lee Corso called this game the no one watches bowl, and he took like a minute and a half at his post game press conference and went off on Lee Corso. I'm trying to remember, trying to find the actual quote. I'm scrolling through an article right now, but. Uh, it was along the lines of like, I understand that Lee's at the point where they just give him a sheet of paper and laugh at him while he like st- sits at the podium, but no one's going to disrespect us like that. So there's a lot of people like college coaches are on a new level of petty right now. And there is no age. Like normally I feel like there's been an age bar of like, oh, we're just, we're not going to get personal with like 90 year old men. Not anymore. Like we're coming after Lou Holtz and Lee Corso right now for doing their jobs. Like of course, Lee Corso and uh, and whatever his name is, Lou Holtz are, of course, they're going to sit in front of a camera and say ridiculous propaganda. They're paid to do that. That's why America loves them. So like why do coaches expect something different? Like, are we really getting personal on that? I need, I need, I need Coach Dicker added to the Michigan State target list immediately. That's crazy. Like I, I don't That's know. How, man. Also, we need to get to a point where a coach says we heard sleepers talking. I feel that like we, win was for you. I think we have reached that point. Maybe just not super public about it. But I had a theory last year that Michigan State basketball was running some of my tweets in the weight room. Because they there was like a picture came out where they were putting up disrespectful tweets and disrespectful quotes while they were lifting last year. They had a lot of material from me. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I've been around. Also, like I just quick elderly update from my world. I walked by my elderly couple again. I talked about them on one. I talked about them on one big thing a couple weeks ago. Like I got an elderly couple. I'm trying to befriend. We're still on just like head nod wave. Good morning basis. That's about it. Um but like, let's say hypothetically, I walk by Gertrude and Eleanor tomorrow and I give like my nice little wave and they just head down and they don't acknowledge me. Like, I'm not preying on their downfall. Like, I'm not coming on this podcast and using my one big thing to be like, I hope that they don't make it home today. Like, that's horrible. And I feel like that's what Dickert and Ryan Day kind of did here. Yeah, but they started it. Isn't there a line to cross, though? Like, pick on someone your own age? Respect your elders. Yeah, but then, but that gives so much free reign to the elders. The only elder that I will disrespect willingly is your grandpa, because your grandpa taught you not to hedge ever, and that's a crazy thing to teach a young gambler. That's insane. Did you just take a shot at my dead grandfather? I just uh, like. If that's true, if you didn't make that up, which it's highly likely you made it up, if it's true that your grandfather taught you the principle of never hedging, then yeah, I got words for your grandpa. <laughs> wow, that's great. You know, I, I I do want to defend him in this sense. He taught me to not hedge in life. I think I equated it to betting. Mm, okay. So then I have words for you, not him. Like he was no backup plan type. And I equated that through life. Got it. Got it. 
Aren't we big backup plan guys, though? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. Huge backup plan guys. Yeah, love a backup. All right. Well, something for another day. We'll have to flesh that out a little bit. This is going to be a long episode. I'm sorry. Good movie, too. Yeah, good movie. Can we? Uh... Oh, my bad. Didn't see you there. You've been finding the void in your life, something that you need a sense of community, a sense of want, a sense of being there. What better place than to join the Sleepers Media Discord where we have a community, we have discussions, we have engagements, and we have betting advice in there. For anyone who wants to get into that betting world, we are more than happy to be your betting Obi-Wan Kenobi and lead you to the greatness of maybe greener pastures and more money. But for the small price of $9.99, if you join on the web, don't join on mobile, join on the web, you can join Sleepers Media Discord and you can have the safety and the beauty of being able to talk to me and Greg at any time you want. And we are active in the Discord. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Join the Discord, Sleepers Media, $9.99 on the web. Do it now. Let's let's go to Michigan State. Michigan State football uh, got destroyed by Maryland, although like, kind of didn't get destroyed. I don't it was a weird game. Like I thought they were just getting wrecked on both sides of the ball and then all of a sudden you look up and it's a two score game and they're driving and they're in field goal range and you're like wait a second this could happen. Uh the big thing here to me is not that Michigan State looked bad or that Harlan Barnett hit the locker room and asked people if they want to leave and nobody raised their hand and how ridiculous that is cuz that's ridiculous in its own right by the way. You're not coaching Comstock High School basketball, you're coaching Michigan State football, sir. Like put a little respect on the the platform you've been given for one second. This is ridiculous. But anyways, Noah Kim, Kaden Hauser, uh everybody still wants Noah Kim gone. Like I, I I'm going to call it that and people can push back on me if they want. I don't think the Michigan state fan base has any respect for Noah Kim big 10 player of the week. Noah Kim two weeks ago, he's been really bad the last two weeks since uh, everybody's calling for Kaden Hauser higher pedigree recruit, younger kid, all of that. I get the argument. If you got nothing to lose, why are you playing the older guy? I don't like the argument, but I'll throw it to you because you're probably going to make the argument. I think we're going to disagree here. Is there a quarterback controversy at Michigan State? And what's the outcome you would like to see? So we we talked about this in length offline, uh, basically going back and forth with it. And uh, I think the only position we actually differ in, because this, I, this, this, is, this is what it is for me. I'm with you on the whole, let's not, like we're not tanking in this situation. Like that's, you don't do that in college football. Uh, I don't know. I guess there is a world where you maybe see what you have because you know the season's a wash, but not like a wash, not like a, a tank type situation. Here's where we disagree. I do not think that Caden Hauser has had the same chances that Noah Kim has had. I told you that I basically want to see Caden Hauser play a full game, basically. I think that Noah Kim has had opportunities to play full games. And he looked good against Richmond and he looked good in the second half against Central Michigan. I don't think that Caden Hauser has really had anything outside of one or two drives. I just want to see him have a game, shit, even three quarters. And I will consider that a chance. Now, I do think some people are taking it too far, wanting to push Noah Kim out. Um, obviously, he struggled mightily last game. I mean, there were some drop touch. There was a drop touchdown for sure by Montori Foster, another drop pass by Franklin the tight end. That should have been a first down, but also he had two interceptions in this game. He easily should have had 
at minimum four. There was two clear drop ones, a lot of missed open wide receivers. Caden Hauser threw one himself. I know that. He also had some tough throws in there, but I just don't see that Caden Hauser has had the same chance that Noah Kim has had. And I just want to see Caden Hauser get a game and then we can go with some discourse from there. And people are going to be on one side or the other, but I, I don't like have a side that I'm on right now. I just want to see Caden Hauser get a chance because I think Noah Kim has had chances. That's fair. I can't disagree with you harshly on the concept of let's just see what Caden Hauser looks like for a full game. But here's my interpretation of what's actually happening here with the Michigan State football fan base. No one is going to see anything that doesn't agree with what they already believe. Confirmation bias is what is going to happen one way or the other here. And it's very easy to play the backup quarterback game. I know because I've done it for 80% of my life with any football team I root for. It just, it, it's easy. It's always grass is always greener with the guy you don't know, with the guy who had more stars next to his profile when he was a 11th grader, right? Um, I don't think Hauser has shown anything that warrants larger opportunities. That's my problem with this. And I hear you when you say, well, it's totally different to be thrown into it with one drive. Uh, he's gotten one drive in now three games. I know he had a rushing touchdown in one of those games against backups when they were down 40 points to Washington. Uh, he also looked horrendous against Western Michigan's backups. He looked, in my opinion, pretty bad in this game. I know he drove him down the field a little bit, but I thought he he was sailing throws even on the drive as they moved. And then it was a wide open screen pass that he just airmails for a pick that essentially ends the game. That was still a football game at that point. It was no longer a football game because Caden Hauser airmails a screen pass. Um, I Like to me, if you're the backup, if you're the third string, whatever it is, if you're the guy who's like fighting for more opportunities and you get your few opportunities and you look horrible in them, you're done. Like you have to earn that. But, it, but it's one drive. Okay. It's literally one drive. Like Noah Kim has, and despite the games that he's been good, Every single one of his first drives has ended in a three and out with missed wide receivers and or interception. That's a fact. Have you just answer this? Have we seen Noah Kim play well this season? Yes. Have we seen Caden Hauser play well this season? No, but that's I mean, the, the, you're doing a we've seen Noah Kim play a full game. But like your your thing is, OK, Noah Kim got what, seven drives in this game? Did he get seven? Do we know the he number? More, he had more than seven. Okay. He had so he had nine, ten drives, whatever. He threw he had, two he had, picks. He had, oh. he had damn near four quarters. Oh, oh, damn. He had ten drives and he threw two picks. That's horrible. Caden Hauser had one drive. He threw a pick. <laughs> what are we doing? How many picks does Caden Hauser have if he plays ten drives in this game? Noah, He's not like Noah Kim threw a pick on his first couple of drives. I understand, but that's if you're if your thing is Noah Kim's been so bad, he's throwing picks. How does that not crash with what you're asking for when the guy who had one drive through a pick and that's who you want to replace him? Like, it's just a, in my opinion, this is 100% and it's not just you. It's a lot of the prominent members of this fan base and maybe some in the media that just came into the season saying we want Kaden to be the guy. It's been that way since Thorne was still on the roster. I, I got that, but I'm just going off what I actually watched last game. And I'll be honest with you. I get what you're saying with the whole Kate and Hauser thing and obviously the bias, whatever the, the, the term you use for it. I, I I can't watch Noah Kim play quarterback anymore. I can't. So 
Just to be clear, though, I can't. And 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 I'm willing to throw Caden in that category if I can see him play a game. So just just to be clear, we have progressed from in the summer saying we have to run Peyton Thorne out because we're playing for the future. We're not playing for anything. There's no point in having nope. him be here. I don't so, think anyone actually said that. Oh, okay. They just said it after he left. Then I guess it's if he's your quarterback, then you still support him, and if he leaves, then you run. Well, him Peyton out. Thorne didn't want. He didn't want to be here. Okay, fine. So either way, the, did the narrative not flip from whatever it was with Peyton before? Uh, people were frustrated with him last year, so I don't even think it flipped. Did it not immediately become well? These guys might be better than Peyton anyway. He stinks. That has mm-hmm. been the narrative all off season, dude. That they that yeah. Well, that, well, that that's. What's wrong with saying that? They might be, but he's not. It's Noah, wrong. Well, <laughs> Kim is not better. I'm saying we went. So so what I clowned everybody for bad. in the first place, what I clowned everybody for in the first place was the belief that these guys were better than Peyton. And I, Peyton stinks. He looks horrible at Auburn. Spoiler alert, guys. They all stink. Everybody in the quarterback room last year is a bad quarterback. Like all these people who are paid money to coach this team aren't idiots except for the head coach who is idiots for other reasons but like thousands of people have gotten eyes on these guys they're all bad they all continue to prove to be bad the difference is noah kim can throw a good fade route and he threw it to the tune of being big 10 player of the week two weeks ago Uh, what will katon do in a full game i don't know but (laughs) like it's just you guys won't be satisfied you won't be satisfied until can we like Greg, he he got what he got Big Ten Player of the Week coming off coming off a game against Richmond. So it doesn't matter then. It doesn't matter what any Michigan State quarterback does if it's not Caton to you guys. No, Period. it's not Period. because you're making you're making me change what I actually said. All I said was that I just want Caton has not had cha- has not had a chance. Noah Kim has had a chance, and he did well in his chance. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, he did well again. Yes, you're right. He's so I he's nasty. So he, what? You, I'm not saying he's na- they all stink. That, that's true. They all stink. But so why like, not? Why why not play the young guy instead of playing the junior? Because it do, there is no magic fix here. Like the whole idea. Of, but we don't even know because Caden Hauser hasn't played. He's played and he's like throwing picks. Theories in separate games, like one drive. What's what is the difference then? If Caden Hauser comes in and he hits to whatever you hit, which I don't even think will happen. I think Caden Hauser's bad, and I hope he gets a start so he shows you that he's bad. But if Caden Hauser gets I'd be a fine start. With that. If Caden Hauser gets a start and he's whatever you think he could be, there's some higher ceiling from this kid who has looked terrified in two of his three games. What what is that? What's the difference? Does he take Michigan State from a three and nine football team to four and eight? Is that what it is? Like, what's is he a magic fix? Does he get you but to what, a bowl but game? What if, but if, okay, but what if there's a world where he's where there's something there and he's actually good? Maybe there. <laughs> It's, okay, it's just the backup quarterback game. That's all it is. It's hope. It's hope. I can't tell you not to hope, I guess. Your your eyes would tell you differently, but it's hope. The, the single drives in three separate games. Yes. So what? <laughs> for the fre- for the freshman. Card, I, I just hate to say this, but like I get it's it's been three drives. Sometimes you can tell in three drives. Like I, as a guy who's watched a lot of Michigan football through the years when like Dylan McCaffrey was the next guy, Joe Milton was the next guy. Sometimes you can tell in a couple drives, whether these kids are JJ McCarthy or whether they're Dylan McCaffrey. Like, I'm sorry. I hope he gets a full game. I hope we can revisit this. I would encourage you to know who the walk, who's the next guy, who's Caton's backup, 
that we can camp for and say, well, Caton stinks. Who's the next? Because that's all we're doing is we're going Sam down Lovett. and down. We're going down and down and down the list. And they're all bad. Okay, let's let's get Levitt in. Like we're just gonna keep going down the list to worse quarterbacks. Levitt will be starting at Washington in two years with DeBoer. Playing a worse quarterback doesn't help this team at all. How do we know if he's worse? Our eyes. You know, Kim. you know. You so he's worse. Hauser's worse than Kim. You know, you know, that for- you know who I would think would know better than we would know the coaches who have made this guy third on the depth chart. Like, the, the, oh, yeah. Well, this you you trust this coaching staff. Do you? I don't think it's a hard decision to know if a quarterback's better or worse than the next guy. Like, I don't think that's some crazy misevaluation. I just don't. Okay. Hayden Hauser is worse than Noah Kim. Know that for a fact. I'm not saying we know it for a fact, but I'm from what I have seen in limited opportunities, Caden Hauser has shown me nothing to warrant taking Noah Kim's job. Not one thing. You know what, Cart? He had this. Was this not just a chance? Like, let's you want a full game. Fine. If he leads them down the field and scores a touchdown, it probably is his job, right? It's his job. It's it's crunch time of a two-possession game. And Noah Kim's benched. Here's the ball, kid. He messed it up. Like, what, are we going to just keep doing this game after game because that's the guy that MSU Twitter has decided? Like, he got an opportunity. I get it. Like, the odds are stacked against you. No shit. That's what happens when you're a backup quarterback. You don't get Tons of opportunities. You have to make the most of them. He got one. He failed. And now we're here saying he needs to start again. We're begging for it. And like, he hasn't been great. I don't get it. Like, are we saying, oh, maybe it'll flip. Maybe it'll totally change. Sure, maybe. I don't know. I don't think there's a change though. It doesn't matter. Like all these quarterbacks are bad. That That's my belief. It's true. So it's, it's like 73rd on the list. Like there's a huge list of things wrong with Michigan State football right now. Quarterback change is 73rd. It's not important. And it's all anybody wants to tweet about. And it pisses me off, man. Yeah. That, that about sums it up. <laughs> it's never going to end, right? It, like, that, I mean, we're just, we're, it, I, I already, it's just agree to disagree. You think Caden ha- hasn't had a chance? No, I think Caden has had a chance. You think he's had his chances. That just is what it is. So t- if he, you're, he's not going to have a chance in your mind until he plays a full game as the starter? That's Full his game. only chance. Yes. And then I will have a serious conversation with you and I will honestly come to you and be like, you know what? You were right. But now I see the light. So Just, Noah, I want a game. Noah Kim gets a half next week and then Caden gets the second half, half and a half. That's not a chance. I'll, t- I'll take that. Is that a chance? Like define a chance for me because he just he just got the ball in a two possession game. Give me, uh, I mean, you want to put like a drive count on it? Give me five drives. What's he? So he's he's at four, I believe, this season. <laughs> he need Give more. In a single, a, dog. He had a at, he had a he had a QBR. He's he had at, a QBR of fourteen. He had a QBR of fourteen this. He's year. at three. He's at three. And for the and for all the shit you talked about of like what Noah Campbell did against Richmond, uh, the backups at Richmond or the, I'm sorry, the backups that were at Washington were probably be playing at Richmond, and Kate went down the field and went for a touchdown. So, like, does that not count? I, I if Noah Kim's full good game doesn't count, then why should I count one drive I, against backups? I, 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 okay, we count Noah Kim's good game. We count like, Kate Hauser's one. I good just, drive. but that's the whole point. Is like y'all didn't even, and I don't, I'm not. I don't know why I'm saying y'all because I'm part of. I, I'm saying y'all because I disagree with all of my own fan base on this. 
I, I nobody just, I, nobody celebrated I, Noah Kane's good I week. I get that, Kate. I get that you think Kane Hauser stinks, but I am literally baffled that you want to watch Noah Kim play quarterback. I don't. I, I wish they would have recruited better quarterbacks, but this is who's in the room. Well, let's I don't want to watch this team at all. Let's try someone else. I don't want to watch Noah Kim anymore. It's, they're all bad, Carter. This team stinks. Like, it's not. There is no someone else. When the whole room stinks, there's no solution to getting better. Like, when, when Michigan basketball rolls the ball out at the Battle for Atlantis this year, do I wish that Yo-Yo Kyatt was Jed Howard? Yes, I do. He's not. He's a bad basketball player. So, like, I'm not going to be screaming that I hope they play Terrence Williams because it's not a coaching mistake when your team's bad. The team is just bad. They got to hire a new coach to get better players in. But everybody's acting like a quarterback change would make this team from a three-win football team to an eight-win football team for a guy who just had a chance to win them the game against Maryland. I don't know if people are acting like that, though. Peyton just had a chance to give them a chance to beat Maryland, and he messed it up. Like... So again, it's just like we can't have the conversation. Okay, we just had the conversation, but we can't have the conversation until he gets a full drive. So or a full. No, we could we can have the conversation. You you have your state, you have your opinion on this, and then I have mine, and it, it's just different. All right, all right, just. But no, it, if if but no it, cir- it circled around whether they had whether each has had a chance or not, and like I said, give me I'll I'll even take a half. I want a game, but I will take a half, and then I will come back here and say, you know what. You were right, G. Kid does. Kid stinks. Noah Kim had one good week. Michigan State fans weren't even excited. He had a good week. That's the truth of this situation. Like that, y'all, y'all are rooting so hard for this backup that, like, literally, literally, this guy was named the Big Ten Player of the Week, and y'all are just like, yeah, it sucked. That was against Richmond. Doesn't matter. It sucks. Like that's crazy to me. Say that. Your whole stance this episode is how bad the team he was playing was. No, he I'm not well. saying that. I'm not saying that. But because he had that game, like he he's the guy. Do you know like, how because he because he had that game to you? He's the guy for the rest of the season. If Caden Hauser had that game against that team, that would surely be enough to all of you. If if Caden Hauser had that game and then played as bad as he did as Noah Kim did these past two games, I'd be saying the same thing about giving Noah Kim a chance. Yeah, I just disagree with that. I just disagree. Okay. I, I, you guys, I, in my opinion, you and the large portion of prominent MSU football Twitter has made their mind up. It is what it is, and. I would you love to be wrong. I too. I I don't think I have. I'm judging. Oh, Kim's the guy. Dog, I, Ducks, I'm not. But he's the guy. I'm not even saying he's the guy. I'm saying they're all bad. Like I'm not against giving Kaiten a start to see what you got. I'm not saying that. Right. But, that, that's why. That's why I need to hear. Let's go. What I'm what I'm saying is it's not going to change a thing. And based on what we have seen with our eyes, I would still start Noah Kim because I think he has actually played good football in a Michigan State uniform. That's not something we can say for Kaiten. Peyton has played a drive a game and looked horrendous. Okay, horrendous twice against walk-ons. Like, although not that's sorry, it was Western's walk-ons. He looked horrible against Maryland. Was not walk-ons. They still had their first string defense because oh, by the way, he was given the ball in a two-possession game. The Michigan State could still win. Yeah. What do you do with it? Game no, over. Michigan State football. Game, game over. It forking it. College basketball? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Is this a nice chance for us to flip because we're negative right now and we're going to talk negativity? 
That's kind of nice. I guess that works. Good segue. Good transition. Really good segue. Uh, so I want to take the top four teams in the country, the big four. This is, in my opinion, tier one. You can shuffle the order around, but I think there's a clear drop off after these four teams. Duke, Kansas, Purdue, Michigan State. In theory, all of these teams should be final four contenders, national title contenders, teams that should have a chance to win their conference. Purdue and Michigan State got to play each other, but they're going to be there all season long. I want to imagine a world for each of these teams where they don't, where something goes wrong, where disaster strikes. And I want us to diagnose what happens here. We are one year removed from North Carolina going from the preseason number one team in the country to train wreck season, miss the tournament. That's what I want to play with these four teams. Let's imagine a world where Duke, Kansas, Purdue, and Michigan State one by one have a train wreck season and miss the tournament, fall all the way from the top four to an unranked team that's in the NIT or declining an NIT invite in North Carolina's case. Let's start at the top and then we'll work our way down. Uh, The Almanac's preseason number one team was the Duke Blue Devils. Let's start there. If Duke was to have a disaster season, how did it happen? Can I make a a prerequisite for uh, for this exercise as well? So I think that obviously the, the obvious answer would be injuries for all these teams. Let's leave the injury reason out. I like that. Okay. So let's just talk purely basketball standpoint. Yep. For me, I think the the thing that could be the downfall for Duke will be the, the guard play, I think. And it's not necessarily the play of Tyrese Proctor, but – I think that people are overlooking the fact that this team still has Jeremy Roach and Jeremy Roach has been there for a very long time and has had the ball in his hand a whole lot. And they also have other talented guards coming in like Jared McCain, who I think should have a a pretty high usage and be able to be a pretty good player in his own right. And everyone's expecting Tyrese Proctor to also make some, you know, a really good all American leap coming into this season. And yes, they're not the same player, but there are worlds where you get extremely hyped about a freshman who had a really good maybe end of the season, a la Andre Curbelo, and they fall flat coming into their sophomore year. Now, Tyrese Proctor, I think, is a completely different player than Andre Curbelo, and I don't think he's going to you know, fall to the flatness of being at, ended up at Southern Miss. But what I will say is that I think the guard – play and maybe like how many how the how the mouths of the guards are fed on this basketball team can affect things so I think you're going to get what you get from flip I think that Mark Mitchell is also going to have a really good sophomore season but I'm I'm interested to see how the guard dynamic works because in most people's eyes isn't it Tyrese Proctor having the ball in his hands at all times uh I don't know I don't know if people expect that or not I guess because he's the higher like ranked guy in all these lists so you would think but I, yeah, this kind of goes hand in hand with where I'm at on this team. And again, preface all of this by these aren't predictions. These aren't us predicting this is going to happen. This is a fun hypothetical game that Sleepers likes to play of if it does happen, how did it happen? So if Duke were to actually fall this far, miss the tournament, have a disaster season, the only thing I can think of that would cause that is John Shire's in over his head. I think Shire's a really good coach. I think... uh Like a long term, I don't have any questions about where Duke is headed with Shire at the helm. I do have questions of 
is he ready to handle so much talent and so many different personalities quickly? And I don't know these Duke guys personally in and out, but I know that on paper, this team has like 11 different guys that should warrant huge roles on any given college basketball team. And I would imagine at a certain point, guys are going to be frustrated, whether it's these incoming freshmen who think they're NBA players 12 months from now, or whether it's the guys who returned, whether it's Jeremy Roach, who is like, why does Tyrese Proctor have the ball all the time? Or if it's Tyrese, who has people in his ear telling him he's a top five player in the country, but it's Jeremy Roach's team. Like there's a lot of guys who just deserve like first option love on this team. And only one of them is going to get it. And I don't know who it's going to be. Um, I I think last year there were more obvious personality clash concerns with North Carolina, but I think there's more potential for guys getting upset with their role on this Duke team. And it's a really tall task. Like give Shire credit for landing the recruiting classes he has. It's going to be a crazy test of his coaching abilities to manage all of that and keep everybody happy in this season. So that's how I would see it. Um, don't think it's very likely, but I do think there's a world where everybody's just like upset with each other and the Duke locker room kind of crumbles. Let's go to number two on this list, which is the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, I have a pretty obvious answer here. How would how would Kansas's season collapse if it collapses? Hmm. You know, for as high as I am on Kansas, uh, and once again, everyone, this is a hypothetical. So this is a, a worst case scenario type situation. Uh, I think I'll put at the top of my list is Dewan Harris not being aggressive. And I, I think he did it for large portions of last season. And uh, Kansas had a, a real tough stretch there. Now, obviously, you assume that Dewan Harris being the older guy, being the leader of this team, the point guard, he realizes that he can't do that. I think one of the best parts of Dewan Harris is that he, though he does do a good job of like, or though he does need to be more aggressive, I think he did a good job of taking a step back and realizing sometimes the players he has around him and what the team needs for him to do to win and what he needs to do to make all the players around him better. I think that this Kansas team, in order to be the best team they can be, though, this season, he has to realize that he needs to be aggressive. And that doesn't always mean scoring, but Dwan Harris needs to play whatever minutes he plays, let's say 30 minutes a game. Those 30 minutes have to be aggressive basketball, looking to score, looking to make plays, looking to pass, doing all that. Um, and then one B or the second thing I'll put on that list is that we, we know how up transfers go and they don't always work out. And, uh, it's looking like Kansas is already not going to have Arterio Morris this season because of off the court issues. So a lot is riding on one, a freshman in El Marco Jackson, who I think is very talented, but can he be consistently a good shoot knockdown shooter? I don't really know that. And then you have an up transfer, Nick Timberlake. Uh, he was a prolific shooter at Townsend, but that we we know all too well that up transfers don't always click early on or even in the first year at all. So uh, a lot rides on Nick Timberlake and being being able to knock down shots for this team, and that's not a guarantee. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I think of these four. I think there there are more ways that Kansas's season falls apart than there are for the other three. Like I kind of had to stretch my mind mentally on what's going to happen with Duke. I think Michigan State and Purdue have answers that are actual things that could happen. 
But I think Kansas has multiple. Kansas has like six different things I could see happening. Uh, starting with your point, Dewan Harris might not be ready to take a jump. If Dewan Harris is the same guy he is last year, I think this Kansas team struggles. Like he needs to be a, a guy that's willing to score. And he can't pick one out of every three games to do that. Like he had 25 games in one of their games or 25 points in one of their games overseas. And then two games where he was like one for four. That just can't happen. Like he, in my opinion, this team needs him to be a 10 to 12 points a game every single night guy. I think he's good enough to do it. I don't know what's there mentally with how he's wired to play the game that keeps him from doing that more. Uh, two, I think all their wings could just be bad. I'll just call it what it is for lack of a better word. Like, obviously you're not bad if you have a scholarship offer to Kansas, but compared to Kansas starters at the two through four, I think this team could be a lot weaker than we are used to seeing. And at least that we've definitely seen since like Ochai to Jalen Wilson. Uh, I don't know that I trust Timberlake at all. I think how Marco Jackson would be top of my list for guys to play in the middle of Dewan and Hunter, but uh, he's a true freshman. We don't know for sure. KJ Adams. I have questions about the fit with Hunter. Uh, again, Arterio Morris has very serious legal troubles right now. Uh, speaking of that, another thing that could derail a season. If Arterio Morris is actually convicted of what's going on here, how does that locker room move on from that? Is Bill Self capable of getting through a full season and being on the sidelines every single game? Is Hunter Dickinson actually capable of being a first option on a good team? Like To me, all five of those categories are unknown and if two of the three or three of the three actually come to fruition, this Kansas team falls out of like top two in the country to like, maybe they're like 15 to 20 range. If God forbid all five of them happen at once, then we're talking disaster. And I don't think like, like that's never happened. You can go through Bill Self's entire career. He's never had a disaster season. So I highly suspect it won't happen, but there's like a 1% chance it does. And I think uh, I'll be excited. The first month of the season, I'm going to have like a very strong eye on Kansas because uh, there's a lot. There's a lot, in my opinion, that could go wrong and derail a season. To Purdue, who's third in the Almanacs list, if things go wrong for Purdue, again, we're saying a North Carolina-style missed the tournament. What happened? I'm not trolling when I say this. I don't think there is a world where anything happens where they miss the tournament. Okay. I, I truly don't. Okay. Like you, they lose Edie. They, they're making the tournament. There's probably still a top 25 team. Yeah. I mean, the obvious one would be something happens with Edie. We said, uh, we said we're not doing injuries for this exercise. So we can't uh, so, just say, he's I mean, out. Uh, nothing. Yeah. I mean, the, I, only, the only thing for me at all would be huge sophomore slumps for Smith and lawyer. Yeah, that's right. Um, but if they have huge, they have huge slumps. That's all right. They still have Zach Eady. Yeah, you throw it to Eady. I uh, okay. I'll add one. I think could actually happen. Sophomore slumps from the guards mixed with Matt Painter gets too cute, and I am a Painter guy. I like Painter. I know he has a lot of things he needs to prove. Here's my Matt Painter gets too cute thing that I actually think will happen. He's been playing Morton way more minutes than he deserves. We know that. He's been playing Mason Gillis a ton. I don't know what that looks like. This is the first Purdue team, I think, that they've had in like 
maybe Painter's entire career going back to the humble days where it's like, I think they got 11 guys who should play. They're deep this year. They they were top heavy, in my opinion, a little bit last year. This year, like you add Colvin, you add Hyde, you add uh, the transfer guard they got. Like they, they have dudes this year that a lot of guys should play. You can't dink around with Morton the way you have been when you have Colvin and Hyde behind him. Beyond that, Painter has been doing this whole press tour about like point the finger at himself, look in the mirror, which I love. I buy, I believe it. Like he's holding himself accountable at the same time. uh, I think there's a chance cart where Painter coaches this whole season with the intention of just saving everything for March. And if that happens, like, like what if he says he's going to keep Edie on a minutes restriction this year? It might happen. Like, what if he's going to force Caleb first out of the floor and Willie Berg so that he doesn't transfer? Like, I, I think he could get too cute. I think he could play the wrong puzzle pieces at the wrong times. And uh, if that happens mixed with Smith and the lawyer just aren't better than they were at the end of last season, then, okay, maybe this team goes from top five to like non top 25, but I still think they make the tournament. Yeah. I kind of like that angle or like uh, trying to do something they're not to prove to other people. Like, this yeah. isn't the same Purdue, and it just it ruins things. Yeah, what makes Purdue Purdue is that they are Purdue. Like, right. the, like don't go like, away you know, from that. You know how we talk about how like players come back to school and try to show like NBA people what they are, and it ends up being detrimental to the team. Yep. That could kind of be like a Matt Painter situation. He tries to show that he's something that they're not, and you don't just go with the the Purdue bread and butter and chalk it up to some freak tournament stuff of why you lost last year. Yeah, I think it would be a big mistake if Purdue tries to make changes to what Purdue basketball is because of some fluky March loss. I'm just like thinking about like an offense where like they run everything with Zach Eady just like at the elbow. <laughs> yeah, high low and he's the high or like yeah. they got Eady and pick and pops. He's trying to show off his three point shooting like crazy. I need an Eady three pointer this season. <laughs> yeah, I bet he hits one. I would take the over if it's over 0.5 Zach Eady threes this year. I would take the over. Do I get plus money for that? Yes. Okay. Final one. And I promise I'm going to uh, be positive for this segment, just as a personal favor to you, a personal apology for how harsh I've been lately. Uh, Michigan State, if there was a disaster season this year and they fall from the top four to missing the tournament for the first time in this long run that Izzo's had, what happens? How would it happen? I think two things come to mind. Um, I think that one, it'd have to be obviously you point to the point, AJ Hogard. It had to be Hogard. I think if Hogard, there's there's still a step for Hogard to take this season. Now I know that he was really good down the stretch last season, but I think people need to realize that there's still another step kind of in his game and just maturity and leadership wise. I think he can take that can raise the ceiling of this team. And as you know all too well, last season, I feel like when Michigan State did falter, some of that had to do with AJ's body language, leadership, and how he kind of ran the team. Um, Obviously, Michigan State will have a backup plan for that this year. If that does happen, they can have the likes of putting Jeremy Fears in here uh, into the game. Uh, So I'll go to lean on my second reason. It's that Xavier Booker is not good whatsoever. Like, if he's not good whatsoever, that's going to be absolutely detrimental to this team because I think we need him to step up in the front court. And I think he has the most talent of any front court player. And that talent needs to show. 
And I did. I don't I don't know if it'd be like Mr. Tournament type bad for Michigan State because we'll have the guard play to pick up that. But it's it's extremely important that Xavier Booker establishes himself as the most talented front court player on this team because he is. I agree with that strongly. Uh, I think my Michigan State scenario would start with the Big Ten is actually better than people think. Because I, I think even if the Big Ten is actually good this year and there's like seven, eight really good teams, I think Purdue still runs through it. I don't think that's the case with Michigan State. Like, I, I think everybody expects Michigan State to be like head and shoulders above teams three through six. But like, I think there is a world where Maryland and Ohio State and Illinois are like kind of right there with Michigan State. And if all of a sudden that goes from Michigan State's looking at their schedule thinking they should win 16 games to like, oh, no, we're probably only favored in 12 of these, then it's just more of a toss up season. Um, Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Michigan State is ahead of this, but we're playing the game here. I still think it comes back to Hogard. Um, The two on court things for me would be if he just doesn't trust Hogard as much as he did last year, like it, is he sprinkling in fears? If he does sprinkle in fears, is fears good? Number one. And number two is AJ pissed. Does AJ being pissed shift this entire team's dynamic? Because in a weird way, like even though Tyson's the best player and Jaden's this special talent too, like AJ's kind of the heart, like the soul of this team, in my opinion. And like Tyson and Jaden are more special playing off of eight, like Michigan state becomes special when those two are playing off of him. Whereas mm-hmm. if AJ wasn't here or on AJ bad days, it throws everything off. So I don't know. I still have some questions there and adding like the new wild card of Jeremy fears might be really good. Could kind of funk up the chemistry there. The big one for me that I think is more likely is you miss Joey Hauser shooting in a huge way. And I like Xavier Booker. I hope he emerges. I don't think Xavier Booker should play the four. That's sort of just where I'm at. And he might have to because Izzo might like be adamant that he wants to play the three centers still. But if you try to play Booker at the four next to those three centers, one, I'm really underwhelmed by that. And two, I don't, I just don't think that's Booker's game at all. You could put Cohen Carr at the four. He can't shoot. If you play Carr at the three, he can't shoot. And now, so your only shooting option in the front court, we're going down a list of names, Booker, Carr, Cooper, Sissoko, Kohler. Jackson might be able to shoot a little, but you don't want to play him that much. So the only guy for two front court positions for 80 minutes that can shoot is Malik Hall. And we saw it in person, man. That man was visibly terrified for the final month of last season. And I hope he's healthy. I hope he gets back to like prime Malik Hall because that could be a really, really good player. But uh, part of what made Michigan State special at times last year, in my opinion, was you had Akins and Tyson making everything. And you had the threat of Joey Hauser to splash six threes on you any day too. Totally different team. If you got two front court spots that can't shoot. Can I say one thing about the front court shooting? Yeah. Call it a hot take. Call it what you want. Cohen Carr's jumper is not as bad as people think. That's a hot take. I like. I think. Uh, think of. Think about the worst jumper in college basketball. Like you have someone that comes off the top of your head. I'll compare him to a Michigan State player that played a similar position, similar archetype, Brandon Dawson. See, I think that he, I think Colin Carr has a better jumper than Brandon Dawson. Okay. Brandon would try to take like one to two elbow jumpers a game, and it rarely went well. Brandon was too strong. 
<laughs> he, he shot too. She was too muscular to shoot jumpers. Cohen Carr's got a little, a little less, a little less hope to him. See, I, I think Cohen is Brandon's jumper, but he thinks he can shoot, which could be really problematic to his minutes. Yeah, I'm interested to see like that first like ten games of him shooting jumpers. At least Brandon was self aware. Like I, I'm it, put back. But if he can just a little bit, just put a little bit of doubt in his mind that someone should get semi of a hand up, it'll it'll open up some things. Well, I mean, if he makes three threes his first game of the Champions Classic, we're we're gonna have to do an emergency podcast. But let's just say I'm highly skeptical that that happens. But, um, okay, last thing, what do you think he shoots from three this season? To be honest, I think there's a chance he doesn't shoot threes. Doesn't shoot one at all. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm sure he'll shoot like one or two, but I think like, I mean, I think there's a world where he makes like less than five threes on the season. Okay, because I see I, I'm 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 living in a world where he shoots thirty percent, and I'm really that's, hanging on to something. That's crazy. If he if he shoots two threes a game this year, which I think is an absurdly high number for a guy who's probably playing fifteen minutes, uh, if he shoots two threes a game, I think he shoots seventeen percent from three. Also, the more interesting number to me is free throw. What does Cohen Carr shoot from free throw? Because if I if it's fifty percent, I'm taking the under. I think I think he'll shoot around sixty seven percent. Okay, yeah, I'm, I just I think he's like Shaq level bad as a shooter. I really do, but he's he's Shaq level special at everything else. Um, all right, well, fun exercise of those four. Just to put a bow on this, of those four, which one is most likely to crash and burn? And what's the what's the primary reason? If after all the reasons we talked about, what's the likely one here, and what's the reason it happens? I'm gonna say Kansas, even though Kansas is my number one team. I think that Kansas, I can think of the most reasons. Yeah, I think that's my answer too. And uh, the reason is it would just be multiple of those reasons. There's too many ways it could happen. Yeah, feels feels like we might have missed this though. Like now, now that we're leaving this and we picked Bill Self to be the team that crashes, I don't feel good. Like we had Matt Painter and John Shire sitting there and we chose Self. Yeah, I just feel like I'm always hating on Duke and I want to switch it up a little bit. Okay. I like that. Let's do one big thing. Long episode today, but it was fun most of the time. What's your one big thing today presented by Big V? My one big thing is that do you still love me, Greg? I love you so much. All right. I just want to, my one big thing today is I just want to, I want to end this with nice things to say. All right. Uh, my one big thing today is that I already showed at the start of the episode, but Greg's new lion's hat is absolutely immaculate. I don't know where you got that from, but that was an absolutely great pickup. Also, you had some glasses. Don't know what those blue light glasses, just some, some specs you have blue light. Yeah. That's, that's great. Got to protect that vision. You got to be able to see, you know, a lot of, a lot of events coming up for MJ as she goes on in life. Got to be able to see, don't want to be a back row. Can't see my daughter, dad don't need that. So protect the eyesight. Uh, and I appreciate everything you do, man. That's Thank what you. Man. I appreciate that. Well, I, I reciprocate that in a big way. Um, my one big thing, I didn't have anything else prepared. I like your nice thing, but my one big thing is I ate five donuts yesterday. Five donuts. I had five donuts yesterday. Shout out to Sweetwater Donuts here in Kalamazoo. Uh, and for my money, the best donut shop in the country. Great place. I feel um, like I, I feel like I hate your donut. You got a, Did you get like a plain donut with sprinkles? No, we got a nice little variety pack. Uh, we hit the so we went to get coffee because I was off last weekend. I'm now on a schedule where I work every other weekend, which is 
actually lovely. I haven't had like a Saturday, Sunday back to back without taking vacation in like six months. So this is my first like weekend off. It was great. Had a nice little Saturday night. Sunday, we're getting coffee. We're like, let's get donuts. So uh, pull up, didn't want to bring Murph out of the car. So Mal sat in the car and I was like, you trust me enough to just go get 12 donuts? She was like, yeah. And so I felt <laughs> the pressure. Like I stepped in, uh, everything was fresh. It was busy. People are flying around. That's how you know you're at a good donut shop. And they had probably like 30 different options, 20 of them being pretty specialty flavors and like the 10 basics. I did, uh, I, I got six of our favorite kind of donut that I knew Mal and I both like, which is just like a cake donut with chocolate frosting. Uh, three with sprinkles, three without. And then I got like one specialty each for the other six spots. Pretty great. Love a good donut. Are you a bagel or donut guy? Um, I mean, bagel is more practical. So I'll go bagel. Yeah, I, I'll go bagel too. Just donuts just seem like a lot in the morning. I think peak donut is better than peak bagel to me though. Ooh, I, I'll, I'll bounce back on that one. But really? Bagel. Yeah, cool. Peak, peak bagel special. See, to me, I think uh, I would I would put it like this. Bagels are Chris Paul. Decades long careers. Everybody respects them. Everybody likes them. It is what it is. Uh, peak donut. Brandon Roy, like you're only getting maybe a year or two out of him. But that year to go back and watch the film on him, it was special. OK, uh, honestly, probably should have picked Derek Rose, not Brandon Roy. But I, I mean, the, the sentiment stands. I like it. Yeah, you get the point. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry we yelled at each other. We'll be better about that tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bound to happen. We record every – I feel like we're going to yell at each other eventually. Aiden Hauser stinks, guys. Like, what are we doing? Like, come on. That's all this is. Don't you miss want me the, to lie? No, it's fine. Don't miss the word of the day today, though. Oh, yeah. What? I don't have a guess. I'm sorry. I got so mad at you. I I didn't write any guesses down. Oh, that sucked because it was a layup today, I feel like. Really? Yeah. Can I get four choices quickly and guess out of the four? Or is that not how this works? No, because you know how I mentally work, and I'll just give you the answer. All right. What's the answer? What's the word of the day? Transparent. Oh, yeah, that was. And I remember you saying it, too. Twice, back to back in the same sentence. Damn it. Okay. So I'm I'm two for three now. I'm shooting 67% on words of the day. Colin Carr from the line. A lot of days left. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll see you Tuesday. Goodbye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.